Human design is a part science, part spiritual system that tells you who you came here to be. You have your own blueprint, your own way of becoming successful, your own way your dreams are going to come true, the way you'll experience the most joy and fulfillment. The instruction manual for how to move through the world is custom to you. When you act according to that manual, when you act as the real you, everything in life comes to you with more ease and less resistance. We all know we're different, yet we're still acting like there's one way to do life. Let's talk about it. To find out your design and the designs of the people in your life, you can visit myhumandesign.com or download the My Human Design app in the App Store and on Google Play. All right, so this is a really exciting episode. I am recording with, and maybe some of you have heard our previous episode together, my teacher, Manesh Ibar. Manesh was the person that introduced me to human design. Um, I think it's nine years, coming up on nine years ago now. Um, and honestly, every time I get to speak to you is just a joy and a pleasure, and I always learn new things. So I'm like selfishly excited about this episode. Um, but firstly, just thank you so much for being here. And can you just tell our audience a little bit about who you are and what you do? It's always a pleasure to see you and talk to you, Jenna. It's always fun. Um, yes, for people who don't know me, my name is Manesh Ibar, and I've been a mystic or a scientific mystic and spiritual guide for 20 years now. I was brought into it uh, through natural initiations into nature and uh, I've been a seeker of different systems. And so I've practiced a lot with human design and gene keys. And um, I give energy sessions. I'm also a clairvoyant that kind of popped open in my 20s. And so that's been a real privilege to kind of dive into all of this mystical arts. And uh, now I am the founder of Swingscope, this mm -hmm. system that kind of came to me. So what I think is so amazing about this time is that, you know, we have these things like astrology that have been around for, you know, centuries and millennia, and we have, you know, access to, um, you know, a lot of other modalities that are really old, but at the same time, I think because people really are, like, there is this, like, popping of consciousness and an explosion of interest in getting to know, you know, seeing the deeper parts of life, um, you know, just like how human design was, discovered or downloaded um, 35-ish years ago now, um, you know, there's a lot of other people, talented people like you who are downloading other um, ways that we can access deeper things. And what you just mentioned, the Sphinx code is basically what um, has come to you. So firstly, can you tell people how, how it came to you and a little bit about what it is? For sure. And I agree. I think everything's in cycles, right? So the earth kind of goes into this uh, forgetting and then we come back and we remember and these systems come out as those cycles come back yeah. uh, because it's weird. Like having in a way channeled the system, uh, I can relate to anyone like Ra who's done the same thing or anybody else who has. I mean, imagine the person that was actually figuring out astrology. Um, wow. And the Torah, and I mean, there's so many different systems. The I Ching is incredible. And uh, and actually, I've been kind of going into the depths of that now. But the first part was just kind of this channeled information, which is also interesting. Like, why 
and where are we tapping into this knowledge it's kind of like there's this field of knowledge and uh either by luck or by a lot of work or other reasons you get plugged into it uh and you get this information and then you got to figure out what to do with it <laughs> if it's real etc cetera, etc cetera. so the things go I was very much into astrology. Then I found out about human design and then Gene Keys, which I really love. And I love Richard um, and his way uh, of seeing the Gene Keys. I studied the I Ching a lot before and there was this tarot uh, stuff that was there. And actually a psychic had told me in my early 20s that I had something to do, my soul had something to do with originating the tarot. And at that point, I thought the tarot was kind of this uh, cheap tool, in a sense, or kind of a divination, and it wasn't scientific, or there wasn't a system to it. And I really come from a scientific mind. And so I wanted the systems. Um, and with a bunch of friends, as I was introducing them to human design and the gene keys and talking about this, he was very much into the tarot. And I said, yes, but, you know, there is no system to the tarot. And little by little, we talked actually while healing this eagle, which is a pretty beautiful experience because he's a fucking ear. We decided to go and channel together with a couple other people. Is there something about the tarot which was systematic? And uh, very quickly we got... Uh, a spirit that came in and gave us this whole code and it was quite shocking and then so we did this for about a week a week and a half and then that system came down which is a system that uses the tarot's archetypes in a very different way using your birth information to give you this what i call now the archetypal blueprint which is a chart or a map of your subconscious archetypes and your personal basically subconscious organization which kind of goes back to carl jung who had uh, done this work about this subconscious driving our lives and our decisions and questioning free will and not and what are these archetypes and how many archetypes are there and do we have a personal subconscious architecture or not and then there's the collective subconscious so he started the work of going into the subconscious and I think as a shaman, um, you dive into the subconscious, you dive into the archetypes of the animal totems, all sorts of symbology. And so I was very adapted to that type of consciousness and to have the tarot come back as kind of the main architecture of the human consciousness was super exciting. I mean, that channeling blew my mind. Well, what's amazing about Sphinx Code and for people who are trying to picture it is it basically is almost like a map of your journey into becoming or into your kind of um, expression of your highest, most expressed self from, I guess, your starting point. And it points out to you things like things that are really concrete and easy to understand. So, for example, like the way you saw your father, the way you saw your mother, the wounds you got from each of them, how your kind of victim matrix, the story that your victim matrix kind of tells you. And then it also gives you the specific through your um, through your 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 um, your personal sphinx code. It kind of tells you like, 
well, what's your way to spirituality, right? Because different people have different ways. I was really surprised, for example, when you told one of my friends that her way of, of, I guess, one of her tools for becoming was actually to do more admin, right? Whereas not everyone is to kind of sit on the side of a, of a mountain and meditate. And so what I think is so cool about this is it's, it's almost like, um, well, it's based on birth time, right? The same way that human design is. And then it uses the cards to map out this specific, if you can imagine almost like a diamond, um, a little diamond of cards with some cards on the side too, but it's all beautiful tarot cards. And what I think is so cool about it is it's literally like, you know, there's so many people telling us this is how to become your higher self or this is how to become spiritual. And your Sphinx code is like your customized version right it's not this cliche thing um and it's very easy to understand what your kind of default what you default your kind of like bad habits or your victim habits and that kind of thing but it also makes very clear to you what your positive side is so you can kind of stretch yourself to your positive side and also become more aware of your you know that sort of victimy um type of side is is i guess what i'm what i'm trying to say but mm-hmm. um what has your experience been with I guess, using it with people and having them see this about themselves rather than just giving them that, like, you know, you just need to meditate or whatever. Like, what what, what do you have to add to, to that sort of observation, I guess? Yeah, I mean, it, I think you, you actually really pointed that out in a conversation uh, when you did find out about your friend and all of a sudden there was admin. And some people, it's actually to have a family. Other people, it's it is to go deeply into the spiritual. I mean, there's many different initiations. And what's really nice is that you have your own personal transcendental path that's very outlined. And, and it's funny to see how for each individual, their path is a challenge. Where for somebody else, they look at that and they're like, what? That's so easy. But it's because <laughs> the archetypes aren't activating your wounds to transcend them. And I think that's kind of the point. And um, yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing, this map. It, it kind of creates this map with 16 archetypes or 16 different positions that outline your personal story, in a sense. So you have the beginning of your masculine imprint and then what your higher evolution or your spiritual uh, destination would be, let's say, in your masculine. And then you have the same in your feminine. And then also in your environment, in your social um, systems, in a way, like what you're brought into, and then what you actually want to evolve towards. And there is a process, and it's very unique for each of us. And so it it does almost illuminate um, how (laughs) it it, it changes a lot of different things, actually. And we, we just went through this workshop where... I mean, it does play with this whole free will and you do have a free will, but it's very, in a way, uh, I'm not going to say boxed in, but there's <laughs> a certain structure to it of what you can do and then yeah. how far you can be outside of yourself in a way where you're completely not in your alignment, which obviously is in the Sphinx code, it'll show you how you're suffering, <laughs> which is exactly your unique path you're going to have your unique sufferance, even though we all have our victim states and our sufferance. Here, it'll show you how you suffer when you're not in alignment with yourself. And so it really gives you this key on how do you work on your masculine? How do you work on your feminine? How do you work on your physical environment? What are those wounds? 
And instead of being the victim of the wounds, you actually see that it was you that created that and even asked your parents to be this way. <laughs> so you might have even victimized them with these archetypes and these stories. And so it helps us really understand, I mean, the watching of the movie too, because there is a certain time. So you can accelerate things to a certain degree and that's when your free will aligns to your archetypes so that your story unfolds more naturally rather yeah. than fighting against it. Yeah. It's quite beautiful. And that's what's so um, amazing about it is that when you kind of, on the one hand, it is wonderful. And I think you're, what you're touching upon about free will and destiny kind of coexisting with their own, I guess, like limited, like places where they kind of meet, where one ends and the other one begins and they have their different territories they're allowed to, I guess, touch. But what's amazing is that I feel like on the one hand, we want to believe that there's free will and that we can do anything, but there is a certain, um, almost like a, a certain security and safety in knowing that, you know, your movie, like you said, is going to unfold anyway. And you get to kind of just like, you can kind of tweak it and rejig it, but it also makes you very free to, you know, and this is also a very, very much a human design thing that Ra used to go on about, which is passenger consciousness. You you get to sit back and watch the life instead of always thinking you have to be, you know, trying to figure out every single next move and not not be in trust. Um, and so I, I think-, think, the thing like about the, Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, that's the thing about a lot of spirituality today, which I think human design and, and Ra was quite a shock at was, you know, stop trying to be something especially this ascended master or whatever you already have the code of the divine in you just watch it unfold and 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 it is our uniqueness that is so beautiful and i think we put a lot of stress on ourselves to try to outperform ourselves to try to you know be superhuman when we already are but it's actually about relaxing into the trust as you just said it's like trusting in destiny and then you weave your fates. I mean, this goes back to actually the legend of the Sphinx, you know, who's the holder of the tablets of destiny and gives uh, a lot of uh, the Oedipus story. And he asks, you know, as the guardian, this riddle of what starts on four legs, walks in the middle on two, and then ends up on three. And if you didn't answer the riddle right, she would destroy you. And basically, you'd have to reincarnate and try again, right? When it was actually the story of man, like we crawl, then we walk, and then we need a cane to help ourselves at the end. And then when you entered the Sphinx, she would unfold your destiny. And she would, in a way, like give you your path so that you can relax into it and just walk your walk in a beautiful way accepting yourself and that's really like where Rahul always said love yourself and I have a tendency to say the same thing in all my sessions like but how right well yeah. here's how right accepting who you are and seeing your archetypes play through you or see your genes play through you and then how do you activate them or how do you refine yourself to first of all not trigger by your wounds realize that you can overcome those and really evolve towards a, a more joyful and creative and wise life i think there's something so amazing though and so um 
kind of accelerating on on your path when you see a card and a cards literally outside of you explaining to you what your victim side is or whatever because it almost helps you not take it personally you know you mean you're like oh okay well this is mine and everyone has some and now that I can see it as like separate from me it does not like it's not me it doesn't have control over me like it's just it's part of the game here you know what I mean and I think that's what's so amazing about one of the things that's so amazing about um you know knowing your your code is like it's it's like you said it's dealing a hands of fates but none of it's I think we all have this fear especially maybe when we're in the beginning or we're not connected to us uh, seeing our own specialness you kind of almost wonder like what if I'm the one that's like secretly left out like what if everyone else is special but like I got forgotten you know exactly <laughs> but I think having this like thing outside you this is why I think these modalities are great because it just it's this like objective confirmation that isn't you know your friend telling you no you're amazing and you're so special or you know that girl on Instagram being like you're amazing amazing without explaining why exactly. it's like a very it is a, it does have a scientific side and there's a cold tool and it's not taking you into account it's spitting out your your code right exactly. it's your um, code. there's something really reassuring about that completely yeah it's true I mean a lot of us fear the separation and and that's like at the core of our suffering is that we're not or God has forgotten about us, you know, or the divine has forgotten or that we're bad people, you know, like in our soul, it's maybe a dark soul that's here against the divine. And I think yeah. there's a lot of rhetoric around that. But when you do see your code and you kind of see, okay, there is a dark side to each archetype and there's a light side to each archetype. There's the duality and your fate in a way that you're weaving is that you can play the dark or the light and so it depends, like, are you going and uh, almost activating the dark aspect of that archetype? Your destiny is you have that archetype. So now you have to deal with that. Right? Mm -hmm. And then and then being clear on the fact that, okay, there's this archetype. Now, how do I navigate this? And obviously, if you don't like that, you're going to be rejecting yourself, which is going to go towards the negative expression of it, which then goes into the negative expression of the genes and epigenetics and all that. And I'm sure we'll get into it. But mm. moving yourself into acceptance of like, oh, wow, cool. Like I have that archetype as my masculine expression, right? And that was my dad. And like, instead of just going and seeing the whole story as like, dad, like really screwed me up, which actually it's funny because this usually shows that people think it's their dad, but it's actually their mom. And then people who think that it's their mom, it's actually, <laughs> their mom, you know, and it's like this funny dance and yeah. it brings this clarity. And then it enables us to actually activate the higher parts of ourselves, uh, mm. within the boundaries of these archetypes in our position it's amazing because well you know um, my sister and I you know we we do a lot of this stuff together and that has been exactly our experience like I used to think my problem was my dad and she used to think my problem was my her problem was my mom and we've literally switched and and obviously um you know th it was this doing our sphinx cards that made me realize this is that they show up differently in each of our codes and so it isn't even about them it's like what you said it's like I need my parents to condition me in this way so that I can do my part. Like my movie can unfold the way my movie, exactly. my becoming is meant to happen. And so you need people and who are you going to use aside from the people, <laughs> you know, that were around in the very beginning. So exactly. it also is the whole thing. I think there's, there's such a levity that comes with it, even though it's so deep and it's so profound, there yeah. really is levity that comes with it. And I'm a hundred percent certain that that's because, 
all these systems get so, um, you know, they take on the energy of the people that, that bring them to this world. And to me, you know, you are someone who, one of the biggest lessons you've taught me is even though you are so profound and so deep and so in touch with the mysticism, you move with a levity and an acceptance of humanness in people. Um, And I think that's such a rare thing, but it really shines in the Sphinx because I think it came from through you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an interesting um, dynamic to put your frequency. And even in my own chart, there is a lot of that. And and it's funny to even reread my own writing and I'm like, Oh, I forgot about that, you know. So I got there. I am being human, like trying to be that you know, perfect, but that it's right in my face. <laughs> Keep working on that, and and it's beautiful because there is always evolution possible, right? It's like you're watching your movie, and you kind of know your movie, but you can always refine more and more and more, and and that is the perfection in a sense that masters used to talk about. Is it takes time, and I think we're so impatient in our culture today. We want to be there like the master already at one, you know, it's like, well, no, like enjoy the story because it's going to be happening for a hundred years or so, if not more. And mm-hmm. so learn to get into your wounds. But I love what you said about the, the kids and, and I'll go even further. You know, when uh, when I teach this to parents, they immediately want to see what their kids chart is and what they see them like, you know, yeah. <laughs> And then they freak out because they're like, what? I'm going to do that? That's how they see me? And it's like, yes, it's their movie. You know, it's, it has nothing to do with you in a sense. It's their movie. Like you said with your sister, yeah. your movies are different. So you saw your parents differently and you almost imposed a certain um, archetype on them, like where they had to fit that role from your own subconscious. And so they played that character. And and when you do see it in the families, it's like, what? You see mom as this? Are you out of your mind? You know, like, but no, that's their movie. Their movie is like, that's what they needed as a mom and a dad. And so you do see that it's not even about your parents and their wounds and what's happened. It's actually within you, which even goes back into, you know, your karma or is it your past life or is there a continuity in your conscious spirit as a being, as a soul? like that imprint, you know, the, the, the consciousness crystal in a sense versus your earth crystal. When you go to human design, like what is that consciousness crystal? Is that your soul? Is that you're always incarnated with that, but you take on a different body that gives you a different story. And so that your consciousness, and it goes into really deep Buddhist and alchemical thoughts and even um, everything that's about the afterlife. Like, do we have continuity or not? like as a as a consciousness do do we keep that consciousness after death right and here at least i don't think it gives you that answer but at least it gives you some of your past also there's some of that history which human yeah. design jinkies doesn't tell you about so it true. That story yeah it, it's it's much more of a story of who you are and where you're going than i think human design and jinkies that's why i like using them together because the human design and jinkies is very much like these are kind of like the things you can play with, the, the, the skills, the tools, the, the function, that, like almost like your, the software that's been installed into you, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas your Sphinx code is like, yeah, the story that gets written on the Microsoft Word, right? It's, the, yeah. it's how the thing goes. Exactly. Um, so, but you, you use them all the time together right I do. I do completely because yeah I, I would even maybe say the 
the human design is actually more the uh, the hardware. So it's talking about your genes, right? And and how you're you're built. So it's like you have brown eyes, you have this super sense, uh, you you activate with the sacral or not. Actually, it's emotions. Like there's there's the physical function, and so it's like your mechanics. Like it's it's you understand that you're a Lamborghini versus a you know Bronco pickup mm -hmm. truck like and so you have different functionalities and then and then the story is is that you're writing is how, it's the driver that's going to drive that car right like how are you going to drive that car so some people will drive the lamborghini really slow to show off and be like what's up others are going to be like on the race car trying to like you know push the engine as far as possible that is what you see in the sphinx code it's 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 why you're driving that car like a crazy person compared to like, you know, even though you might have the same mechanics in a sense. Right. And, um, and I love them together. And there is this intricate dance. I mean, it's actually the dance of the amino acids versus the genes expression and where human design and gene keys go into the expression of the, the hexagrams where each archetype have different amounts of hexagrams in it so they, they actually influence the the hexagrams so you might have a gene activated let's say the 64th gene that might have an influence of one archetype that's pushing that but it's also influencing four other genes that archetype but those three genes you don't have well right. guess what your whole story is that you're going to be attracting those other genes in your life all the time almost to the point of thinking you have them because you have that archetype that's mm -hmm. actually asking for them Interesting. Even the way that you're expressing it in your genes is through that one gate cool. so um when you when you kind of i guess are looking at those two things together you do you say to people to stop looking like do you is the is the goal to stop them looking for the um other expressions i guess yeah it's more I, that's a good question it's not really I, I don't think that happens but it's more about not getting trapped into the uh the negative expression oh. of those that seeking where you can understand almost like where that archetype like it, it goes backwards too that gene is going to give a very specific understanding of how the archetype is trying to play out. So for example, right. if you take the magician, the magician yeah. has a huge bandwidth of things. These archetypes are, are much bigger in a way. They tell a big story each within themselves along the whole human consciousness. And so, well, okay, the magician has many things. Well, which aspect should you focus on the gene keys or the human design is going to give you a much cleaner direction of, but now you understand the context of why you have that gene. It's because of this, which is in your feminine, which is going to attract your love this way. And that's the way that you love. And then you're like, uh, yes, it makes sense. Yeah. It's beautiful. Cause it, it kind of gives the flavor of how you animate the gifts and why you even would want to uh, animate the gift. why would you even want to use your gifts like where's exactly. it leading you to like where's this all going basically exactly i mean um, when you look at some of the gifts you know like the 22 and you go oh my god <laughs> it's so intense the mm -hmm. shadow side the whole initiation it's so dramatic and yet the exaltation is beautiful in yeah. terms of living grace but yet 
if you understand that that perhaps is part of your uh, masculine expression and it's moving you from not only this wound, but it's going to move you into, let's say, the storyteller and that you're going to have so much stories to tell through all these emotional turbulence that you're going to go and live out in your genes, in your in your car. The story of becoming the storyteller is amazing, but that might not have nothing to do with that gene. It's actually through the archetypes that's going to bring you up into that through the process of that shadow mm. gift to mm -hmm. city. Yeah. And that's what um, I think part of that sort of, I guess, like going up through the cycle makes you more also, I think it gives you the, the acceptance of the, the shadow parts because once you realize like okay I can't just like run towards the light and then be done with them forever exactly. you kind of are forced to make friends with them and then cycle around back to those old friends like over and over again but you have a better relationship with them each time right they don't exactly. bring you down as much and you have a good relationship with them exactly. um, and then I think that actually my experience is that only through I guess um, being okay with my own has made me, has given me, you know, when we talk about like having compassion for others or having love for others or whatever, like it only goes so deep when you're like, oh, I just love all humans or whatever. But when you really understand the insideness of it and how it really isn't bad, then you can actually extend it to other people in, in so much of a, um, of a deeper way, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, when people say, you know, like doing working on yourself or whatever is like the best thing you can do for other people. I kind of used to think that was a bit of a like a mm -hmm. flub line, you know, but mm -hmm. really through understanding these specific things about yourself through these kinds of modalities, I think is the way that you can, um, you know, actually improve your relationship and, and love for others and, and then also the way that you show up for them um, mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, I mean, that's the, the the compassion. Like, how do you have compassion, you know, when when you barely accept yourself? And usually when you're not accepting yourself, you're comparing yourself yeah. and, and therefore judging yourself to try to be something that you're not. Once you have a map or the gene keys in human design, Sphinx code, you start understanding your story. You start understanding your mechanics. You don't need to compare yourself to others. You just need to live yourself. And once yeah. you live yourself, you start seeing all the hardships that you have anyways, and yet all the light that you also have and the potential that you have. So you just want to focus on that because it's amazing, which is how your movie unfolds naturally just by paying attention to the right view. It's like almost having the right glasses rather than multi-glasses. You know, when you have dragon eye glasses, it's kind of confusing. All of a sudden you have clarity and you're like, oh, this is what I'm focusing on. Yeah. It's great. And yeah. then that activates your higher side. So by that, you start loving yourself more. And by that, you get me even curious on, well, what's your trip? What's your movie? Yeah. About? <laughs> oh, cool. Like, wow, that seems hard. Tell me about that. You know, that has nothing to do with my story. And then yeah. you're seeing how the archetypes dance with each other. So why, you know, you have different friends that are always the same archetypes or different lovers are the same people. And, and it's part of your own story that's unveiling through them. And it's fascinating. It um, really is. Yeah. sitting with you and hearing you talk about like other people I know go through other people's codes in front of me is that's I think what really brings it home is because you can go oh wow oh my god that's wow your life really is it you're really on a different trip than me like wow how cool like that must be fun exactly <laughs> what's, that, what's it like <laughs> wow you know because otherwise you just assume everyone's kind of more similar to you um 
I think so, that's the one thing that's so interesting is like we are pretty similar as humans, right? We all have a body, usually five fingers, uh, five toes, <laughs> two eyes, etc. But inside, there's such richness of how okay, even our genes are very, very similar. But inside, there's those little expressions that make us so unique, and it's so beautiful to see our own uniqueness to then discover the other uniqueness, and yet you see the commonalities. But with family, it's amazing. I mean, with your sister, that that's brought you guys. You guys are amazing in the fact that you have been evolving together through this, and 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 it's in your story on top of it, you know, in your archetypes, and you yeah. see that with others. Um, when I do family constellations, in a sense, of the Sphinx code, it, it's so magical. I mean, I usually go with the human design of okay, here's their types, you know, and, and generators, projectors, manifestors. There's going to be some. <laughs> correlation of how they work and function and how they are and how you accept that but then it's like okay the story behind like what's the the archetypal dance i'm trying to always I, I speak of it that way like it's it's these archetypes are interesting you know they're 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 subconscious so they're 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 difficult for us to uh put into the physical and that's actually why they go into the genetic but the dance is this spiritual dance of, of these archetypes that create the human experience and almost the illusion. And you mm -hmm. see how the story of one child compared to the other child, compared to the other child, all see the parents. And it's like wild there. But then how do they correlate to actually help the parents evolve? Or how do the kids uh, work together? Like, I mean, you guys have a brother that I know as well. And he's kind of on his own trip compared to you guys mm -hmm. actually cleaning some of your family's karma versus yeah. he's doing his own karma, you know, like almost. Yeah. Uh, and and yet he can be like, wow. And you guys can accept that rather than be like, why are you helping us? Well, because his trip is different. His story yeah. is different. Yeah. And, and, and it's beautiful. And, uh, and there's not one that's better than the other, right? That's what's so amazing. It's the expectation that it should be what you want it to be rather than be like, oh, this is something that you chose before you come here. Like, who am I to want to intervene with that? You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. So I think that's a really big thing that a lot of people, especially people that are conscious, you know, it is difficult um, and there is ego in there too. But from a heart place, it's also difficult to, you know, be wanting to change your life and get so excited about it. And then, you know, not understand where other people in your life might be. And, and tools like this are really helpful because you really get to see like, okay, well, maybe I, you know, what I'm getting annoyed about is them being in the negative expression of their thing or whatever. But at least I'm not saying that, I'm not assuming that my negative thing should be their negative thing. You know, like just because I have less tolerance for whatever their negative expression is, like it's equal, it's, it's, it's an equal measure and, and no better or worse than... Exactly my own um and again i think that you know having it written out or somewhere that is outside of you really kind of rams at home like i always say that the day i looked at my mom's human design was like the day my relationship with her completely changed you know and still ongoing you have to you know like you said you reading your rereading what you wrote about your own sphinx code is like I still have to remember, okay, you know, you helped me with her, with her recently. You said, oh, does she have the 18? I'm like, how the hell do you know that? You know, because it's like, it's not about how much, you know, necessarily it's about keeping on coming back to that same, those same rememberings of who we are and who other people are and 
um, you know, honoring those those differences. Um, and how they interrelate, where by her mm -hmm. having that gene, you have the other one, mm -hmm. you guys are creating a dance there. there. There's an energy dynamic, there's a current, right? Which is what you're looking for, and it is what she's looking for. So it's a beautiful mother relationship with all the negative aspects of it, where yeah. all of a sudden you're carrying her and she's carrying you, or yeah. the exaltation of it, which is that you understand and therefore you learn to maneuver it in a in a different way than suffering from it. By the understanding of it, you transform it and you see it differently, and then you can even like embody it differently. Like so, it actually changes your own body's dynamic you know, because you're no longer carrying that energy through just the understanding, which is amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's with the mothers, yeah. when they see their kids, and we just had it this weekend. Um, she had a pretty, the, the child had an archetype which sees the mother as pretty intense and, and, and confined and, you know, almost psychologically depressed and psychotic. Wow. And yet in, in her and the mother, that same archetype is her uh, exalted feminine state. And so the child is bringing her to her higher self, wow. but she's going to be seeing her intensely, like in a way not exalted, therefore maybe depressed and psychic and or psychologically <laughs> distorted and whatever. And so of course the mother who's reading this is like, this is horrible. It's boxed in. I can't like, she'll never see me in the same way. And it's like, no, actually she will as those wounds are going to happen huh? as those wounds are going to happen um they're going to also liberate her into her higher expression which is also what she needs and then yeah. you also see well the karma there is that you guys are all kind of in the fairy lands you know you have you have an attachment to the fairies in a way which is kind of funny there's a whole realm of fairies and a consciousness of fairies that belongs to one archetype and and you see that, you know, there's a continuation in the lineage. So she's also taking on that aspect of you, but also awakening it, which in her, the mother, she had different archetypes that almost kind of repressed that. And wow. so the child is awakening. So you see that whole story and it's like, wow. So the wounds I'm creating, even though I'm going to be, I can't believe I'm, I'm, I'm going to be seen this way when all I do is try to love this thing, you know? <laughs> And it's like, yeah, but look at it in another way. Also, there's a whole beautiful perspective. And then on top of it, when the wound happens, because you know that that was the wound, rather than having no conscious of it, you can catch yourself and say, I'm sorry, or hi, I get it. Like, yeah. I'm not this, like, it's the, 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 the dynamic, it's our, it's our exchange that's making this happen. Mm -hmm. And that's where the compassion is incredible at transforming into love yeah you know, yeah which brings us into that direction of our destiny actually that's that's really what love is in in the most beautiful way yeah like uh it helped her kind of jolt her onto her it's like yeah bringing her into her her path and it's this brings up a really interesting thing because <clears throat> again i think a lot of parents who are conscious you know they all say oh i don't want to f up my kids right <laughs> and um in to my mind and I, i'd love to hear what you think about this but to my mind of course you you don't want to be on purpose like you know um conditioning them to be anything other than what they are projecting your own expectations on them you know that kind of thing if you can help it but at the same time 
giving them some kind of or assisting in their sort of like I guess pain points or whatever um is is a is a gift that is passed down from generation to generation because that's the human um evolution so what kind of I guess what advice or what would you say to people that are like I understand that maybe they will have their own stuff to learn but how do I make sure how do I know the difference between me passing down the stuff I'm supposed to pass down versus me adding (laughs) extra layers to that yeah I mean that's I think by understanding your sphinx code for example and then your child's sphinx codes you really get that clear it's very very clear um and then obviously there's situations but what's really interesting is how the child you know i mean this this child was one years old and they they couldn't possibly have any kind of wounds from their ego or from their life experiences really that much right Uh, and yet and it was amazing when that archetype came up during the course and we started talking about it, the child who'd been pretty angelic and actually really calm the entire time, all of a sudden just went into it, right? And and it went into the anger and it went into the pride and give me an entitlement and blah, 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 blah. And, and like, it was almost like shocking to see how that archetype was playing out through a child that's so innocent and how that that architecture is actually already inscribed almost by birth and so the wounds aren't so much about what the parents are going to do they're already there so it also takes away some of the guilt of well you can't really screw up your kid but all your actions that are you're going to judge as oh my god i'm screwing them up they're actually asking that from you already so you by by screwing them up in a way, in your own perspective, you're actually helping them. Mm. And so not screwing them up is actually what's preventing their growth. Yeah. You know, we, we're trying to always temper, make things like not turbulent. Mm-hmm. When the exploration of the width of our archetypes and, and the depths of them is actually part of the transcendence so that you can start learning how to love your own inner darkness and how to use it in a beautiful way rather than in a way not look at it and then it comes through anyways because it's there so it's already there so you have to deal with it right and so the mother who can now be like okay so when my kid gets really angry and I get angry that's okay Mm -hmm. as long as I'm consciously aware that I'm okay with it and that they need it then all of a sudden that anger can become tantric and transformative into rapidly moving through and yeah anger you know like all the emotions are there and 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 the devil's there too and you know I mean it's just like there's all sorts of shadows and and psychological emotional depth to the human experience that we're going to say judgely uh, we wouldn't want and yet yeah. they are what brings us into understanding the light, understanding the higher expectations of joy or love or you know, even compassion. If, if you don't have hatred, it's hard to know what compassion is. 
This is so true. And I think what you're saying is I can feel it already bringing so much relief to parents that are listening to this. Also to people who have, you know, every one of us who has parents, because it is this like holy contractual, um, you know, dance that we do and, and, and a passing down. And I think what you're saying about how we try to temper, I mean, you know me, I'm brought up, I was brought up in, in England, right? So there's a lot of tempering that goes on there. But it's incredible because you almost have to, and this is something that you've really taught me, is that you almost have to like go extreme to the things that you'd be afraid of being like, you know, mm-hmm. scary, dark, evil, da 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 And only then can you actually, in a grounded way, discover that it isn't as horrible or ugly or anything than it is like you can have holy levels of anger right you can be mad at people but with it when you like what you said it's like when you have a different awareness behind it 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 does have a much it has a levity to it it has like a it doesn't have that sting it doesn't have that pushing someone else down it has like a a release a cleansing a heightening a transformation to it there's there's something that I think we miss, I'm learning that we're missing out on so much transformative power by running away from, you know, like I could speak about my tower, you know, the tower card that I have, you'll tell me it's in my upper mask. It's in my upper masculine is the the tower cards for me. You know, I ran from it for such a long time because it's such a huge shadow for me. And, um, you know, not to say that I've embraced that archetype so perfectly and sometimes I have swung where I'm like I mean even today I'm like is that too much today (laughs) was I just you know what I mean but it's always by actually allowing yourself to go there and really being afraid of like okay maybe it is going to be so terrible but it's a risk I'm willing you almost have to get desperate where you're like it's a risk I'm willing to take to see how awful I really am if then only then to discover that it isn't so bad (laughs) exactly no, I mean the tower is amazing. That's actually one of the archetypes that that the mother was dealing with, and <laughs> uh, you know, uh, when you really also understand the deeper code of the archetypes, especially during the initiations, but already just reading it, uh, you see that the interpretation of the tarot is also very distorted, and and lacking a lot of understanding. Like a lot of times the tower or the hangman, for example, are going to be seen as really negative cards and it's destruction and breakups. And that's a misinterpretation. That's a very, very slight bit. You know, it's actually the tower of God, for example. So it's the lightning strike that brings the order of the divine. Therefore, it's also the nature and everything. The traps of it is is more that you kind of get caught up in your head and somehow you like to complicate things to kind of bring out the night in you of like, look how hard I work to transform myself. You know, it takes so much work when actually it's like, well, you didn't have to go up the tower, yell out and need the rescue to find a way down. Like you could have just taken the stairs and the door was open. You could have just gone down, <laughs> you know, but it's like to the tower. It's like, absolutely not. I can't go down. That's too easy. Like I have to make it hard and challenging. Right. which also brings in some of the understanding of what the divine code is, is is that there is a certain work to maintain a certain divine order and to break you can't really break the divine order you can break the ego's idea of what is divine compared to actually getting back into what is divine yeah. so your essence you know you might have some ideas of in a way, what you should be like versus actually what you are like, which is actually the divine, you know? 
And so the acceptance, it's, it's always a trick of the ego and our own view. The other thing that's really nice is when you, yeah, instead of just looking at your kids, when you look at your parents and, and you've seen your parents in the way that the Sphinx Code shows you, and yeah. then you actually go look at the your parents' yeah. chart, uh -huh. and then you go, wow, they have nothing to do with what I think. Wow. <laughs> and you start seeing actually their whole story, and you're like, wow, I have yeah. a whole illusion about who they are in a way. Like, now I kind of want to know my parents, and you put away wow. some of your own conditioning of how you view them, which of course is actually your own story of, of how you're activating your own genes and your amino acids that we do get genetically, but we have a different way of activating them through the different story perspective, right? Yeah. That we have. Yeah. So it brings huge compassion to your parents actually. And there's huge healing there. I, I, I get a lot of people who eventually go look at their parents and they go, whoa, they're like a whole different being you know they're, they're they don't even have the archetype that i see them through <laughs> it's like yeah and then yeah. they go and have the conversation with their parents and their parents are like yeah you've always kind of been this and that <laughs> yeah because we it's, look at our parents and like what can i get out of you man why did you fuck me up you know like yeah when they're, they're just doing you know they have their own lives we forget about they were you know they were getting on fine before we got here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, it's 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 a really funny thing because what you realize is you're interacting with the mostly we're interacting with our, our ideas of who we think people are, yeah. rather than who they actually, you right. know, rather than who they actually are. And our ideas is obviously more of a reflection of us and what we need to see. Yeah. Versus, uh, I remember the first time you looked at my Sphinx code. You know, I said, you just come from doing my brother's. You just come from his house. And um, I said, oh, my God, you explained the way I see my mother and my father. And I said, oh, my God, what did what did my brother say about what? Did Andrew, how did Andrew deal with this? And you said, well, his his interpretation is even harsher than um, yours. And I was like, what? <laughs> you, you can't even conceive that there could be a different experience or a different reality of not just your parents, but of life. Yeah, exactly. Um, but there wildly is. It's it's just bonkers. It is. Um, this but dance I mean, of, of the the it, it, the fact that it's also related to a chemical structure within us, right? And that there is this divine code, the genes and the amino acids that are playing through that. And that there's actually a math to it. And that mm -hmm. we are, you know, born into these these kind of expressions of, of a divine matrix. It's actually really, really beautiful where you yeah. start seeing how amazing the human experience is and how rich it is. And that instead of seeking this transcendental, I'm gonna be a divine God on a you know rainbow body and like get out of everything, which is wonderful. You don't have to do so much like meditation and Buddhist and giving up all, no, you might have to just like go deeply into your anger or deeply into you know your seeking or whatever these other archetypes are telling you, this is your, your, your goal. This is your uh, sustenance and your sovereignty is by really going into understanding your own personal code, your chemical yeah. structure. I think it also probably makes it a lot quicker than hey, because instead of trying on all the thousand different tools, you're like, okay, well, I'm only going to do the ones that help me with my specific transcendental path, right? Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, and, and then you start seeing how liberating that is and how you start feeling better and how you start seeing your parents differently and how your career shifts and then how you get your love life into order because of what you're really looking for. And there's some people, you know, we're, we're so conditioned that we all want the soulmate. And like, there's some people they don't. Like their evolution is not to play that. It's to actually play some. It's to be alone. Some it is to be with multiple partners. Some it is a soul life. Some it's probably going to be several, you know, and, and, and you see kind of the evolution. And by ex somewhere, you know it because it's in you, right? So these uh, systems help you accept yourself faster so you can actually go into yourself uh and truly love yourself and and then <laughs> shine what you are rather than try to be something else by society's standards and by that you activate your own divinity yeah and you you're gonna feel better about yourself i think because if you're trying to be not your essence you're always going to be a, like a second rate version of it right whereas actually if you are you you can that's when you can be in your like that's how you guarantee that you're going to be in your um in your light i guess right completely i had these kids that came um, 15 to 15 year olds and i did all their sphinx code and their parents were there and they were kind of like first of all we don't believe in spirituality right and it's like okay well, just <laughs> mathematics and, and, and stories. And they're like, okay. And then they see their parents and they see all their wounds and they kind of re-looked at it and they're like, wow, this is true. Like, I do feel all of that. And so mm -hmm. then, of course, you know, she they, they complained to their parents about like all their stuff. And it was interesting for the parents to hear that. And then what was incredible is by the child understanding it all, they actually started immediately within two days they changed their point of view and then they wanted to see their parents what mm. they had and then they got to understand that oh it's their own perspective that's making that happen and it's their own judgments that are wanting the parents to be a certain way and they they shifted so drastically where um yeah, one of them like went so deep into his creativity. I mean, two two days, two weeks later, he was flying a plane. Wow. It was his dream. And he's in high school, like in 15. And of course, his mom is like, I mean, that's like, <gasps> my kid is leaving the nest, you know. <laughs> what do you mean he's flying a plane? And like literally first day, he's like flying the plane and it's a little propeller plane, and he sends a video to his mom. And his mom is like, so happy because it's activating some of his story of what he really wants to do but it's also activating all her fears because she's like oh my god <laughs> he's free and he's doing whatever he wants and he's flying a plane like could he die and yet it was like okay i can calm that it's part mm -hmm. of his life so he's yeah. gonna be amazing and and he might become an incredible not only pilot but aerodynamic engineer that solves some new things you know and that was part of his whole code but the repression of his mother uh, out of her fear in a way was yeah. blocking him from really accessing uh, that part of him the bravery the courage the go-getter the pioneer kind of aspect which is amazing and I think um you know and you'll tell me if I'm wrong but I do think that um you know however your life is supposed to play out you know multiple lovers or being completely alone or whatever there is a everybody does have that level of exceptional um genius if we kind of take away this sort of like the way the life kind of looks 
type of thing the actual what you can bring that level of gifts I I think everybody um is capable of of incredible levels of of genius and and light right completely I mean I, I use that as kind of the this is the science of you know the subconscious architecture to awaken your genius because mm. we each have a genius which really is about having a divine spark within us that wants to play out in the theater with mm. a certain role which is what you where the archetypes are really interesting because they bring in that romance of of the characters that we see yeah. in movies and and in myths where i mean the 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 science of the gene keys and and human design is amazing but it's dry right it, it, there's yeah. a certain dryness to it and it, it's beautiful in the fact that it's dry mm-hmm. whereas in the sphinx there is this romance there there yeah. there is this extrapolation of you know the magician what is the magician and like is he duping you is he putting you into illusions is he making magic out of the elements is he a real magician or not you know as you are yeah. a magician. and there is that genius of the 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 first kind of um amino acid that that starts the whole reaction of your genes and that's the magician like in a way you are an initiator right and you're bringing this out to people in a new way so that they can understand it and and so the sphinx code and the romance of these archetypes we understand ourselves through the myths so it goes back to the hero's journey with the joseph campbell and and how do we have to go through this we have this call and it keeps calling us and calling us and so we have to ourselves to go Mm -hmm. rumble everything up and then we come out with a gift and Mm -hmm. each of us has a gift and and when you really understand your storyline and your archetypes your kind of inner essence versus your soul mission and your harmonization you start really seeing how your masculine expresses itself you really see how you're going to bring out that unique gift that you have that genius into the world on top of it it's like you can have that genius but then how do you bring it out into the world and and that's the storyline that's really beautiful that is your hero's journey your personal hero's journey Um, understanding this crazy world that we're in right (laughs) and at times and what's amazing is these archetypes evolve like with us Mm. so we're evolving them through enacting them so that's what's amazing is is there is a modernization where we're doing new tarot cards that first of all bringing back the order because there's a total corruption um, in the 1800s and a lot of the english decks are are off and even mm-hmm. their symbologies are off, their 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 direction. And you got to remember, these are frequencies. Mm-hmm. These amino acids are frequencies. They're, 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 they're codes of how life manifests. So these archetypes are frequencies. And the code that is in them is super important to be respected. And so now we've initiated now three artists. We have a third one that's just about to start. And it's a beautiful journey as they're making these new tarots they're bringing down their they're each time channeling in a way into the archetype and bringing it into realization and it's funny to see each artist has their own code <laughs> and and you see which archetypes they have more trouble with you see where they kind of get stuck you see their own genius express itself in the cards and uh it's really really beautiful how amazing and it's it's so cool because I think you're right like we all it's all 
it's easy for us to understand if I say, um, I don't know, a magician, right? Like you have, you, you come in with already some understanding of what that is. When you're talking about me being the magician, he's, you're referring to in your sphinx, when you're looking at your sphinx, which will tell you how to in a second, but your inner card, which is like your inner essence. Um, mm. And everybody has a different essence, inner, inner essence. But basically, you know, these, these words are easy to understand, but I think you're right. Like we're adding, when we're kind of um, expressing them, we're adding more to what we understand each of these things are in humanity right like strength and the tower and the high priestess and you're right like I can really see that different people as well kind of color them slightly differently so then you make the 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 word even richer right as a as a um as an energy yeah at some point we were trying to see do we really modernize them and and change the words um to you know a totally different aspect like emperor and pope or high priestess like do they even correlate today uh and yet they do and and we actually kept the the words because the words anchor him into what the archetype represents and then in that there's a lot of different words so that you can get into the modern representation of what that is um mm. and it's really like for example the high priestess being a dj for example is, is really interesting she's you know the dj kind of has their altar they're up there and they're influencing the mass without speaking but through frequency well that's actually what a high priestess was doing and so wow. now a dj but you wouldn't say the high priestess is a dj a dj right. is part of the high priestess right but it could be other things and so these these archetypes are evolving through modern ways of expressing themselves and mm. and what is available in the society which is really yeah. beautiful. But yeah, I mean, basically there's 12 inner essences that can be incarnated that go from the magician to the hangman. And those are your core. Um, it's like your core inner perspective of how you're going to see things when you're aligned compared to your ego, which is your distorted perspective. So of course you have your lower ego or your conditioned ego. And then you you actually see your evolved ego, your mature ego, when you actually see through a, a new perspective. But your yeah. inner essence is really how you see things and how you're meant to shine out into the world uh, physically. Then you kind of have the, the right side of your diamond, as you called it, um, which has two cards, which is also your father's imprint but it's also your early careers. And so it's it's your talents and it's more of your mind structures and how you behave or express that mental aptitude. Mm -hmm. Whereas the feminine on the left side, you have more of your emotional aptitude and mm -hmm. how you deal with all this kind of karma, baggage. And then of course your mother's way of dealing with you. And so also your relationship. So of course, the left side is really intense and then is going to influence your inner essence, which then is going to influence how you express yourself into your transcendental path, which is more about almost how the, the, the life or the divine or nature wants you to move towards to act, even though you're still this inner essence. It's like, here, go towards this. And it's usually like, oh, what? I don't want to do that. I don't want to do admin. You know, yeah. I don't want to be a knight. I don't want to do alchemy and go do uh plant medicines you know like if you have the tower um and yet when you do it, it <laughs> pushes you out of your fears it aligns you and it starts giving you a whole new perspective and new understandings 
and that's the transcendental aspect it, it's it's yeah. it's transforming your perspective by activating a certain archetype and like you said it's like someone else could look at it and be like well that's easy but for you it feels like the hardest thing on planet earth you know um i'm pretty sure my transcendental path is a hangman and i like still i mean hate it and i'm so highly aware that some people that sounds like absolute bliss <laughs> to be terrifying so um that also makes you feel like it could be easier though if someone else goes oh that's easy you're like oh really huh yeah, okay exactly. right. so i think actually sharing it like if you're kind of listening to this and you're diving into your own Sphinx code, get like whoever your spiritual running bodies are and like look at each other's and share about each other's because I think that's where you really, it does benefit sometimes to have that little hand holding of like, oh, yours is admin, you got off lucky. You know, like how I was saying to my friend, like, oh, wow, yours, you just have to do admin. You don't have to go freaking sit by a tree and do nothing for a day. Like lucky. You. <laughs> Whereas, exactly. Can someone can I pay someone to go sit by? Yeah, exactly. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean self-realization through meditation? What? Get it. <laughs> what does that mean? You have to do admin? You can just pay a lawyer and an accountant? No way. Who've listened to this podcast or have followed me know <clears throat> that it's like, I don't meditate. <laughs> exactly. So how is that going to happen? And then you could be the victim of that or then go much deeper into it. And then, okay, how is that self-realization supposed to be? And it's through love. And there is that that kind of bringing consciousness out into the world. So you are playing with that. And then eventually... Fight, we're fighting with every being. <laughs> Can I tell you, it's so crazy though, because every time I get sick and I can't move, my best stuff comes out of me. So I'm like, okay, all right, I hear you. And at some point you do have to, like, it's it also really nice to have that, like, interfere, interference from up above when you are, like, still fighting who you really are. And just to be like, you know what? There is a graciousness in accepting that, like, okay, at least I see this. Like, yeah. all right, this is ridiculous. Like, the hilarity of this is just... It is. And it's almost like, well, why are you resisting it? You know, why are you doing it? I mean, the, I had another guy who was doing admin. He has it twice, like, in his whole mission and his harmonization, which is intense. Also, it makes it easier because it means that's what he has to focus on. But he was telling somebody else who doesn't have it. And the other guy was like, what? That sounds so easy. Like, I can help you with admin. Like, no problem. Like, I'll get you the best admin people. And like, he got three phone calls. And then an hour later at dinner, he was like, no, you you know, this admin stuff, it's it's really difficult. You know, I mean, it's really intense. <laughs> like, there's so much of it. It's intense. And he started going off. And even the guy who was like, Oh, that's easy. He was like, wow, that that is pretty complicated. That that is intense. <laughs> like, you know, and he was like, Wow, okay, I get it. Like admin isn't just admin. It's it's yeah. gotta go deeper into the wounds of of this karma that he has, which he's kind of gotten this whole uh, you know, so many different companies to manage and this and that. Like it's not, it wasn't part of his his dynamic. He was like meant to be a lover kind of like an artist lover and then his karma is that he has to deal with his empire that was left to him and he's got to deal with the admin and and so yeah he has to understand in a way all of his previous generations bringing him into uh, a certain abundance which mm -hmm. allows him to be free to be an artist but yet he has to still manage and understand that and yeah. know how to put his energy into it which is part of his creativity and his his lover uh, mm -hmm. and bring love to it rather than almost, oh, I don't want to yeah. know about it. 
you know? Yes. Well, that's what I learned when you, the friend that we're talking about, my friend who has admin as her transcendental path. What I also observed through that was that I think we all have negative connotations with all these different, I guess, tasks or trans all transcendental parts have a negative expression of them because I think we see a lot of people do them in like a powerless or resentful or chippy way or it's not aligned for them right mm -hmm. whereas when you described it to her I it almost reframed how I see admin because clearly she has the potential to make it look like such a beautiful thing mm -hmm. where you were saying like it's about like taking all the forces and knowing how to make them come together and having the mastery over those things and putting all your ducks in a row and there's like a real badassness to it and you know what I mean so it's like re it made me re-understand just listening to you talk to her about that that part of life right and clearly she's here to make it look so good in herself and again it like makes it better for everyone so it's almost yeah. like you have to work on your little corners and make them really power power moves. And then it kind of like will change our other people's understanding of what those mean, you know? Completely. Um, and that actually activates her in her purpose to then shine her inner essence, which then helps you, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then you shine your inner essence. And then there is that dynamic of, of the magic that starts happening because the archetypes are, are actually now alive. They're playing. And, and so the 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 theater is more charged you know the 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 moment of the act that you're uh, enlivening is is charged with the potential for that real transcendental magic to show up and give us those wows and those ah joys of wisdom yeah. to bring us into a higher understanding of the human experience it's amazing because as you're saying that, um, it's coming so clear to me that we all feel like we want to be happy because that what makes us feel alive. But actually, being the whole thing is the alive. Like we come here for the story, for the drama, for the passion, for the romance of it, for the, you know, and that whole thing. And I think when you are kind of just being in your essence and you are kind of transforming into that, it does make you feel more alive. Like yes. you feel fully present to this story and this short time that short but long time um <laughs> that you're here so it really is it's it's living magic really the sphinx code is is the way i felt like it what it has deposited in me is yeah. a, it's a grasp on like living magic yeah. um so like I'm, maybe i should use them no there you go it's yours <laughs> um i think richard yeah. Rye even talks about that like he he's he's kind of unveiling the the codon rings and and you know he just did a little piece and he's still keeping it so mysterious and mm -hmm. yes it's tied to the tarot but i think I, and i wonder if he really understands that there is this personalization of codon rings that's like of course we have all the genes of mm -hmm. course we have all the archetypes and actually part of the initiation that you see is is the fool's journey which is to go through every single archetype and we're yeah. trying to make some um really cool things with that um, but it's it's when you really understand the personalization and and you really start seeing the dynamic of your story of your character of what you are here to play and and that is that magic and and you even look at Jodorowsky Alejandro Jodorowsky who's a filmmaker artist and he plays with psychomagic and he he kind of remade the tarot and took uh, the original code of the tarot which is great and he brought some more fruition. <laughs> some of his movies, they play with these archetypes and, and he really pushes the boundaries of each of them almost to be so wow. uncomfortable. 
Mm. And he calls it psychomagic, meaning it's it's the playing with the psychology and and really living out your archetype, which could be to be the fool, you know, to be crazy, like to be the wacko, like wah, you know. But that disturbs a lot of people who are going about their day. But that fool has an has an importance in in making us feel light, making us feel rigid, making us feel funny and and humorous about our life you know and 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 so do you accept to play that role even though you know you're still trying to be perfect and straight and what your mom told you to be yet you have like 10 fools in your chart and it's like you're meant to be a clown you're meant to be the one that is pioneering and pushing boundaries and mm. exciting us yeah when, when you really play those the the psychology of our wounds or discomfort, there is that magic that pops it. And, yeah. and so when they're playing that, they go into a divine flow, they go into synchronicity, they go into new opportunities, they do get picked up on the street and become part of the circus or whatever it is, you know. Yeah. So they and and all of a sudden the magic happens. Um there's no such thing as like a a, a lower. It's, it's how you choose to see it and how you express it. There's no such thing as a lower character, I guess. It's it's oh, exactly. that part is, is your um, consciousness and alignment and the energy that you bring to it, I guess, because any of these things you can do in a very powerful way mm-hmm. um, by just fully embracing because then life can use it, right? It's like life is like, all right, here's a here's a character I'm going to like, you know, who's, who's on my working for me. So let me put her to good use, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where it really, um, you know, me being when I was 22, like would have had no idea because you think you have to make it all happen. But it really does just start to happen when you accept every and not that I, you know, just the more every time you accept more, you the less of a choice you really feel to to your ultimate to your destiny, basically, you're just like marching there. Which Um, is funny, because at the same time, that's what like relieves a lot of stress. Like we don't need to choose so much. It's like, oh. You know, yeah. it's actually having so much choice stresses us out. So true. And um, then on top of it, when you don't know what direction to take and you have every choice possible, it's like you're almost in a standstill of fear because yeah. then choosing the wrong one becomes uh, horrible. Mm-hmm. So obviously getting this information. I mean, it's really interesting when I went deep because like I got the code as a channeled information. And then my scientific seeker mind was like, okay, wait a minute. What is this? <laughs> yeah and so i had to go through like really 10 years of of using it and trying to correlate it to other systems like astrology human design jinkies which i found to be very uh worthy information systems that brought a lot of clarity and fact in a way together and a lot of the science the research of the tarot is interesting because the history of it is is kind of obscured. Um, you know, most people will say, oh, it's a Visconti deck from the Italian rich family that just made this playing cards. And it's like, that couldn't be further from the truth. Mm-hmm. And then they went to Egypt and then there's the Emerald Tablets, you know, of this character thought. And so, okay, there's 22, that makes sense. But then it goes deeper, like, okay, there's the amino acids. And we went all the way to... to uh, the cuneiform language, which is the Sumerian language, which is the the most ancient written language. And there's some interesting myths that this language um, speaks about. 
And what's amazing is there's in the alphabet, there's 64 letters, and those 64 letters go exactly with the 64 hexagrams of the I Ching. And so their, their words were frequencies that actually resonated our genes. Wow. And when you talk about the, the Tower of Babel and how that broke into many different languages, what it ended up happening is we distorted the pure language of our genetics. And you mm -hmm. go back into that and you even go into the archetypal story and you see that that language was, was repeating our code of our mm -hmm. creation story of how mm -hmm. our genetics actually were created and how they function. So as we spoke or as they spoke, they were speaking the frequency that activated their own genes and their own story. And that's where you start seeing the, the power of the writing, the writing of our uh, characters, right? Of these archetypes that are just part of our human experience. Like these genes, is they're part of our human experience. All of us are gonna go through the initiation to a certain degree of seeing those in action through the other or through us. Uh, and same thing with these archetypes. All these archetypes are gonna play through us, some of them more prevalently and others not. And so when you look at the history of all of that, it's, it's just so fascinating that we are living a time when this knowledge is coming back for mm -hmm. us to completely have a new dynamic paradigm shift of, mm -hmm. of expressing the human being in a very different way than like this slave mental stupid attitude, I would say, that we've had for the last 2000 years, even though it's brought some evolution into <laughs> civilized, you could yeah. also say it's been a devolution. And mm -hmm. you know, the pyramids, these cathedrals that we build, these temples everywhere. Now we're making these ridiculous bad square buildings with glass, they look horrible. And uh, they don't have that refinement of this knowledge. And I think we're going to start seeing incredible new creativity, incredible new empowerment of individuals so that we don't need to give our power away to somebody else to represent us. We're going to be in our power and that's going to change society too. So it's amazing to go see these high cultures that had this incredible knowledge and functioned in mythic time. I mean, like some of these Kings lived, you know, millennia. Mm -hmm. It's like, what? Are they on a different mm -hmm. calendar? <laughs> yeah. Um, and 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 yet here they are. They're coming back out in new modern ways for our language and old, modern but old ways exactly. at the same time. And it's so true because you know you just don't know the the jumps and the quantum leaps and the innovations that's going to come from us just embracing being who, mm -hmm. like just accepting our role, taking up our role. You know the 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 role that we are supposed to play. Um, and that's what Sphinx code is, is just so magic at, you know, just activating your, it's your living magic. There you go. <laughs> um, so obviously we've gone deep into this and people are probably like, how do I find mine out? So that's like, <laughs> we should have probably started with that question, but we hey, have, yeah. um, can you tell people like where to find the resources, how they dive deep into this and all the different things you do, because you obviously initiate, you teach people to become what do you call them? Not readers, um, keepers, wisdom keepers. Yeah. And can you go through all the different levels that you that you yeah. offer for them? So first, go get your own personal chart. You can have your free chart with all the sixteen archetypes, and then there's four uh, archetypes that you can actually read deeper. Uh, you go to members.sphinxcode.com. 
if you go to sphinxcode.com as well, you'll get there. Sphinxcode.com gives you a much bigger palette of information, including some of the events that we're doing, uh, mm -hmm. some of the workshops and retreats. So right now we're initiating people as artists that want to kind of understand how to do this, uh, these new tarot decks that are actually encoded with the real messages. Uh, mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people out there doing amazing tarot decks. It'd be great to have the the real symbols, we'll say, um, mm -hmm. and the original code. And it's an amazing journey. And then we're also training wisdom keepers so that you can get a reading um, for your own archetypal blueprint, which is what we call the chart. There's actually two charts, but right now we're just having one because it's a lot of information. And the second chart basically mimics a lot of the human design information. So I think it's not needed right now. So get your archetypal blueprint, start out with that. You can unlock it and read every one of your codes. And then early next year, we're gonna have videos as well. So you'll get even more information about yours. Um, we're gonna have a little bit more of a family uh, potential. So you can actually see your whole family in your charts and we'll expand yeah. it. There's new features. There's a global transit system that's gonna come. So each day there's an archetype that kind of influences the day. And, and there's obviously a chart of the day. And so you get to see how that plays out with your chart. Uh, it's really interesting. So certain days they bring your feminine, certain days it's your career, certain days it's your harmonization. And if you're not aligned, it's a disaster. Yeah. If you want to go deeper, go to a wisdom keeper, book us a, a, a reading. There's different levels um, and different types of readings. So your own personal, but relationships are really popular, of course. Yeah. And we'll have the relationship app that will hopefully come out uh, at the middle of next year. And that's always super fun. And we can do a whole I podcast. On wait that for too. that one. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Basically, there's a plethora of different um, rabbit holes you can go down within this one uh, little magic kingdom. And um, I think we've given enough, you've given enough to blow people's minds away. So you'll have to come back on because <laughs> this is just like, a hair of everything that you know and do so um thank you so much and i hope you guys enjoyed the episode and um yeah see you again next time thank you so much jenna it was a pleasure <laughs>